I'm Jennifer Isabella, your host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the latest market dynamics impacting executives and their customers. We've got a special episode this week. Each year, Forrester's research team compiles its annual predictions across a variety of technology areas. For this episode, we've asked five of our technology analysts to discuss predictions for AI, cloud, automation, edge and IoT, and software development. Let's find out what they have to say. There's been a lot of interest in AI-generated content or generative AI recently. Analyst Rowan Curran predicts that this interest is going to grow significantly across the enterprise in 2023. So here at Forrester, we're predicting that in 2023, 10% of Fortune 500 companies are going to be investing in AI-supported digital content creation. Now, that was the prediction that we made just two months ago. And already, I think that, you know, I want to revise that prediction a little bit because the space is moving so quickly. Now, I would say is that 10% of enterprise or even employees overall will use AI-supported digital content creation in 2023. And we're seeing a couple of different drivers for this overall. You know, the first driver is the need to create so much more content. So, you know, whether you're a marketer, whether you're a copywriter, um, whether you're an advertising agency, you need to generate more and more content at a faster rate to meet all of the personalized needs of all of our, our clients and um, customers. And so... Using uh, text-to-image generators and other types of um, content generators, such as text generators themselves, is a great way to actually bridge that gap in the need for so much content. And additionally, it's also supporting uh, the drive of folks who might not have access to uh, content creation tools or might not have the skills or not a, um, a graphic designer to actually get into the game and generate unique content for their own needs. Um, so for an example, I'll just use myself. Uh, I use AI image generators for a lot of images for my presentations because they're a great substitute for stock images. And so where we're expecting this to go in 2023 is really to expand the number of use cases um, for generative AI. So we're seeing a lot of folks um, that are using uh, the text generators to generate a, a large set of, say, product descriptions for their website, or uh, writers that are using it to generate outlines for their work and to help them get over writer's block. And really, you know, when you're looking at this, it's important to think about it not as sort of a replacement for uh, humans in the content creation process, but really this is a way to help scale human expertise and human cognition. So, uh, you know, a great example of the limits of this um, was a few months ago uh, when Google had a um, had a, an event um, around some of their uh, AI platforms, and one of the things that uh, one of their uh, execs said was that we do not expect uh, full text writing to be done with these AI image generators or something to that effect. And essentially what that uh, means is that, you know, while I may use uh, text generators to help, you know, ideate the idea for a doc or to build out, you know, the text of a slide, I'm still ultimately that human in the loop that is helping to provide the feedback and to providing the quality control on that so that it, you know, uh, performs well in an enterprise context. Rowan says the ease of implementation and immediate value generated by the technology gives it wider appeal. I think this puts it in a very different category from a lot of other technologies that have been adopted in the enterprise, where there was kind of a curve where, you know, you had some of the more technical people having to, you know, kind of test it out and prove out the value to the less technical people. And uh, then, you know, you had a long uh, period of, you know, enterprise adoption, application building and integration, whereas with uh, generative AI, uh, with these content creation models, um, 
with, uh, you know, the ability to, to just uh, build things on the fly. It's a very, very uh, immediate and visceral understanding of the use of the technology when you can simply type in, you know, a dog wearing a uh, sombrero into a text to image generator and get something useful. That's that's a very good way of proving out the value of this technology that we have not seen with a lot of others in the past. So with all this in mind, what's the right next step if your firm is considering using generative AI? So in terms of thinking about what we would suggest for Forrester clients in the broader market to do around uh, this digital content creation, generative AI more broadly, is to really look at what the particular use cases might be for your company and really start uh, to put the pedal to the metal on experimentation. The amazing thing is with these content generation tools is that they can be adopted at the uh, team and individual level, especially when you're getting started with experimentation. You don't have to do a huge RFP or a long enterprise sales process to get a sample of what this technology could actually do for you. You can actually just get going on your own and, and do a little uh, toy test um, yourself or with your manager or with your team. So again, this is uh, a technology that is going to be coming from the top down as people see more of the value at the exec level, but really it's also going to be coming from the bottom up as individual workers just see how incredibly useful it is for their day-to-day -day workflows. Another technology that may help solve some workforce challenges this year is automation. Vice President and Principal Analyst Craig LeClaire exclaims how the retail industry will leverage automation this year. Yeah, interesting. There are ripple effects from the Great Resignation, uh, a word we don't like using that much, um, but it's forcing retailers and brands to really invest more heavily and more strategically in automation. And that's what we're seeing occurring in 2023. Um, if you look at physical automation, um, you know, retail, which of course is still 70% of our uh, economy. So it's not surprising that uh, so many areas within the physical side of robotics uh, touch upon retail. So if, for example, um, you know, outside delivery robots, uh, delivering uh, packages, a lot of experimentation going on uh, with the great fulfillment companies that support us. Retail, of course, is uh, not just CPG and goods, but it's also uh, the food industry. So robot cooks and robot waiters are starting to be uh, more in production and, and more useful. They're not novelties anymore. They're, they're productive. They're taking hours of uh, frontline service worker toil um, you know, out of the equation. Uh, on the uh, cognitive side of automation, you have um, you know, things like robotic process automation that are uh, providing great help to extract low value uh, labor in uh, finance and accounting. You know, for example, supply chain uh, decision intelligence, you know, that's helping to understand what's going to be delivered when, what can I really promise to my customers? While some of these use cases may sound far off, Craig provides some examples of firms that are planning to use automation in new ways. You know, Amazon's uh, just walk out solution. You know, being able to go into a store that has no cashiers, uh, pick something off the shelf that maybe uses facial recognition to be sure that, that that's you. And of course, you go in, uh, scan, uh, you know, with the app that's required and, and you basically uh, have a, a unstaffed uh, store, retail location. That's not all there yet, but we're going to see a lot more of that in 2023. Uh, look at Starbucks. Uh, they have an AI program called Deep Brew. Uh, that automates all kinds of uh, tasks with, with AI, whether it's more personalized menus at, at, at the front of the store or whether it's using uh, predictive analytics to maintain their equipment um, in the store. Um, you know, the uh, coffee makers, espresso makers and so forth, being able to understand when they're going to go out of service. So 
we were starting to see robots really augment human agility uh, on the service side. We're seeing a, a gradual digitization of the core processes that really run uh, the back office um, uh, of retail establishments. So we're going to expect this to really continue in 2023. With so much happening in the automation space, we asked Craig what technology leaders within the retail industry should be doing now to keep pace. So there are a couple of things that we would recommend that you talk to Forrester analysts to get further depth on. One is you probably have an automation center of excellence um, or an automation strike team that's looking at uh, various aspects of automation, um, work with them. Uh, try to get a more holistic view of automation in your organization. A lot of these areas, we talk about physical automation, we've talked about cognitive automation. There needs to be more interoperability among these automation stacks so that you can get to the end-to-end -end more coordinated automation. So work with your centers of excellence, um, you know, take a more holistic view towards automation and experiment. Automation is gonna be critical to your uh, performance uh, going forward, and you need to really look at it uh, in a different way, a more strategic way, uh, to really um, get through this next cycle. One of Forrester's more pointed tech predictions came in the area of cloud native. Here's principal analyst Lee Sustar to review the prediction and provide some clear next steps for tech leaders. The push towards cloud native obviously has been taking place for some time. It got a lot of acceleration with the big spending on cloud during the pandemic when that was the only way to stand up IT. Now we're faced with, first of all, an effort to kind of rationalize that earlier spending as well as tighten up investment or, or spending on cloud infrastructure as economic conditions become less favorable. So those things are coming together. We think people are going to move forward with modernization. They're going to move away from virtual machines and legacy infrastructure and embrace cloud native. We're predicting that in 2023, 40% of firms will take a cloud native first strategy. Uh, that's a big increase. We're confident of that and we can measure that based on Forrester's infrastructure survey, which we conduct every year. We think that people are going to move in a decisive direction towards cloud native. After all, virtual machine technology, uh, however uh, much of an advance that was in the last 20 years or so, it's still really based on technology that's quite old at this point, decades old, in fact. And cloud native, Kubernetes, serverless is increasingly going to be part of the baseline IT infrastructure going forward. One thing I'd like to point to about this prediction we're talking about 40% of workloads, is that that's an indicator that the phase of early adoption of cloud-native infrastructure based on Kubernetes has come to a close and we're moving into a more generalized adoption. The good news there for people who are moving second or third is that they can learn the lessons of people who got there first. They can take advantage of a lot more automation, a lot more capability from the multi-cloud container development platform vendors, as well as the public cloud providers themselves. If you're a technology leader and you're uh, making decisions about where to put your money, where to put your purchasing decisions in 2023, you want to take a close look at what you've got in place. Where have you progressed towards cloud native? How could you take that further? What lessons have you learned from those initial deployments? How can you generalize that across your infrastructure and begin to wind down legacy technologies? At the same time, you want to make sure that your teams are prepared for this, there are many, many opportunities for self-learning or directed learning uh, independently or with sponsorship from employers 
to prepare IT staff for cloud native. It's a transition that is going to be challenging in some respects, but it need not be disruptive if planned properly and done systematically. Edge computing is predicted to see more interest in 2023. And principal analyst Michelle Polino says there are three key factors behind that growth. We believe that the rising number of business-wide networks, confidential computing, and zero-trust edge solutions are going to ignite many different edge deployments in 2023. Now, when we think about this idea of what's powering this prediction, we know that many enterprises across a variety of different industries um, and, and vertical markets today are leveraging not just edge computing capabilities, which I've been talking about, but they're also including cloud functionality and different types of network infrastructure in their end-to-end business-wide networks. And as business-wide networks become more fragmented, Michelle says security becomes a major concern. And this can be quite complicated because in the past, much of the security initiatives have been done in silos, security for the network, security for applications, security for the access to those applications that different users need. But now as we have a continuum of edge to cloud to data center infrastructure that's supporting these different environments and use cases, you must deal with zero trust edge solutions in order to support those fragmented devices, networks, and infrastructure in a more seamless way. So where do you start? Michelle has some clear advice for technology leaders trying to get their arms around these issues in the year ahead. Well, first and foremost, it's really important to assess your own firm's demand for different types of network environments and infrastructure and edge scenarios that I talked about a little bit earlier on. And then you need to start by addressing on-premise edge environments with SD-WAN solutions and firewall capabilities, as well as the zero trust access in order to ensure that your security initiatives include functional capabilities such as routing and securing gateways and incorporating cloud security gateways in these environments. You also may need to think about the different types of solution providers that you're working with to enable the zero trust solutions as well, because there are many different participants across the edge landscape that I talked about, ranging from infrastructure vendors, chipset providers, software providers, as well as different types of industrial players that are offering different aspects of edge computing capabilities and the security components that are necessary to secure these environments. So be sure to think about the partners that you're already working with. Are they going to be able to address your security requirements as you evolve your edge strategies? Or do you need to think about other third-party vendors um, that can help you fill in any gaps in security capabilities or in skill sets that may not be within your own organization? The last area we looked at is software development. As VP and Research Director Chris Gardner explains, the latest trends in software development will make security a bigger concern in 2023. There's a growth of low-code platforms to enable citizen developers, and that's a good thing. Thousands of new apps being developed and adapted right now. However, more apps equal more attack surface area. Citizen developers may not be trained on security, data sensitivity, other areas. They're often business experts who are new to coding and development. We're predicting that in 2023, that citizen development will lead to a headline security breach. 
and enterprises most likely to be impacted have not set up governance policies around citizen development. We wouldn't be surprised if this happens to more than one company, unfortunately. Citizen development has taken off in a huge way. According to Forrester's 2022 data, 62% of developers use low-code in some fashion today, so there's plenty of opportunities for this thing, kind of thing to happen. To reduce this risk, low-code platform and security teams will need to work together to review roles and access given to citizen developers. They need to configure security guardrails, they need to implement a governance policy, they basically need to come together as one team. Well, 2023 looks to be another busy year for technology leaders. To read more of our 2023 technology predictions, visit forrester.com predictions. Thanks for listening.